We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual, because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamins. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com prenatal. Good morning, John. Good morning, Andrew. How are you, sir? I am well. How are you? I'm good. Um, I will not say anything else other than Black Widow's awesome. You should see it. <laughs> um, it's unless we do premiere access, which I, I I think we're going to try to hold off. We're probably not going to get a chance to see it until next weekend. Okay. Um, but I'm uh, needless to say, I'm very excited. I as a uh, fellow fan of the MCU, I I think you will not be disappointed, especially. As a fellow fan of Scarlett Johansson, I think you would well, be disappointed. I mean, listen, uh, I could I could go on and on about what my opinion of her and the character <laughs> and the whole thing, but I, I don't think anyone uh, mm-hmm. needs to hear that. So, are you aware of why the name of this room is what it is? No, I'm actually not. I saw it. And I'm like, wait a minute. What? What? what why? What's What's going on? I love these moments where I get to explain to you what happened on Twitter yesterday. So end of game two, or I guess a portion of game two of the NBA finals, um, there is a moment where DeAndre Ayton was feeling down and Monty Williams mic'd up for sound. Oh, I, I, uh, I was about to get to this part on the low post, uh, windy post game, but I, I, uh, had to shut it off because we're, we're doing this. Tell me, please. Well, so Monty Williams coached him up and gave a pretty, like, imp- I thought it was pretty cool to actually hear this and just gave him a, a, a quick pep talk and it's what you want to hear a coach tell a young player. And Oh, wait a minute. Wasn't there something along, like somebody was like, 
this is why he should have been coach of the year or something? The it, That's a little mild for what people were like. The tweets, I mean, it became a, a point where Tibbs was trending on Twitter. And the tweets of um, you guys had the audacity to give Tibbs coach of the year over this oh, guy. And Knicks fans were like, let it go. You are in the NBA Finals. It's a regular season award. And it, it became a, a the, the most um, frustrating part of yesterday on the internet is what I will call it. So. See, this is why I, I really, you know, the best part about 2021 for me personally is my gradual removal of myself from um, – you know, Twitter.com. Yes. Yeah. From Twitter.com. Other, other than to shamelessly promote my own, my own uh, contact, which I, I readily admit that I do, um, you know, on the regular. Yes. Which I mean, a, a social media can be a form of marketing. I'm not ever going to say not trust me. I'm never not going to say shameless plugs are bad. Um, I just think it's, I mean, it, hypothetically, if, the Knicks if the shoe was the on the other foot, the next couple of years, I just I would not care at all. Like I would have let it go so far away from now. And I, the audacity part is the fun. Like if you were like, I would have picked Monty over Tibbs, but it's close. Then I hear you. The fact that New York's being blamed for their market size being the reason Tibbs won when the Knicks improved one hundred and eighty six percent above their expected win total. At a yeah, certain I mean, point, when do the numbers not just speak for themselves? I mean, look, I, um, every every award is different. Um, you know, anyone obviously who looked at the uh, the voting totals for this particular award can see that it was it, it, essentially a tie. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, Tim's got the win. Um, you know, there were he's. It's not the first time that someone else who could have won the uh, won an award didn't, and uh, certainly won't be the last. Um, but uh, the, the egregious part, or whatever the audacity part, that's uh, that's, that's I, a bit much. It, it's too much, and it's even stretched into. And this is where the the recency bias has killed me. This playoffs now, Randall has gotten some flack for getting Trey's all-star spot. And that was the moment I knew to log off. That was the moment I knew to log off. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't... Uh, I, 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 hey, listen. People have opinions. Um, yes. But, uh, listen, but here's the thing, though. Um, the NBA, and probably sports in general, but definitely the NBA, has a way of making up for this stuff. Um mm-hmm. Later on, like I'm, I'm, I'm sure, you know, Trey Young at some point in the future will probably make an all-star team that maybe he doesn't uh, deserve based on reputation, you know, and then, and then someone else will get, um, you know, bumped. Uh, it, it's, there's, you know, there's always something. I, 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 w- I wish I had something more inflammatory to say other than that, but I just, I like, I don't care. <laughs> more power to you. Um, okay, so we, we only have one speaker request for now, but we'll get to him at ASAP. Welcome to our Saturday morning live room, uh, live room, green room, live. Maybe uh, they'll live change screen. it to live room next. Maybe yeah. that's the next iteration. Yeah, I'll have to redo the whole intro. Welcome to our Saturday morning <laughs> live stream here on Spotify. Green room, the rules of the game are simple. 
if you have a take or want to come up here on stage, just send a speaker request and we'll bring you up here. We're going to try and keep you to seven, eight minutes based on time. We want to get as many people up here as possible. Most important thing, please mute your mics when you're not talking. Um, especially if you have background noise, it's, it's very distracting, especially for our podcast listeners later on. Uh, I think that's it though. We're going to try and get as many people as we can up until noon today. John, are you ready? I, I am. I am quite ready. All right. First and a normal, a usual first here on Green Room. Uh, Kasim, welcome to the stage. How are you doing? Hey, guys. Kasim, it's good to see you at the beginning of the program. You, you were a little know, late last time. Oh, I guys. know. Oh, it feels good to be here at the beginning. You know what it feels like? <laughs> it feels like when you woke up on time for Saturday morning cartoons. Yes, yes. That's <laughs> fantastic. Yes. Uh, all right. Uh just want to start off by saying thank you, John. Thank you, Andrew. Great content as usual. Love it. Keep it going. All right. I've said grace. Let's get going. Um, <laughs> said grace. <laughs> okay. Um, John, you've been asked this question uh, a few times, and you've talked about it on on Bitten a few times already, which is, you know, what would be – a disappointing off season, right? And there's, it's a difficult question to answer because this, this off season's very, very confusing in terms of what it should be. There's no obvious answers, yada, yada. You, we've all said this before. Um, I, I've been thinking about this and I thought, okay, uh, we, we had, we had a good team. Right. We had our big 15 and yes, there's areas of improvement in terms of could you upgrade on Bullock? Could you upgrade on Burks? Could you upgrade on Noel? So on and so forth. Um, but even if you didn't upgrade those guys, we'd, we'd still like to have them back. Even if you run it back, it wouldn't be the end of the world except, except for one very obvious thing. We need yes. to upgrade the starting lineup. And it's in a specifically one position. So it comes all the way back down to the only way the offseason would be disappointing um, would be depending on how you upgrade the starting lineup. I think that's the only way it could be a, a true disappointment. So with that in mind. That's fair. I, I actually, that's that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, my question to you then is, um, Assuming a few things, assuming everything you've written about and talked about, Dame is totally accurate that, you know, chances of him coming to New York this offseason, slim to none, forget about it. Um, also assuming that, especially after seeing how they celebrated after the Western Conference Championship, I don't see Chris Paul going anywhere it feels like he he was he's more likely to retire a son than anything else well um okay i'll have some comments on both of those uh, assumptions but keep going sure sure but assuming those two things for right now let's let's live in my world for just one minute um, sure um uh, assuming those two things are true and assuming a third thing is also true even though this guy is not that high on my list he's on some of yours um assuming David Griffin does not want to give up his second or third best player for nothing, mm-hmm. uh, especially when that's a guy Zion supposedly wants to play with. Um, and he's going to match whatever we put out or whoever, Chicago, whomever puts out. Um, okay. So assuming those three, three things are true, 
who is who do you think should be the next guy on the on Leon Rose and Brock Aller's board? You know, number four. Who's number four on that list? Um, so it's a good question, but and I I want to just make two things very clear. One, I don't think the Dame is slim to none. I just think I'm personally I I am now comfortable saying like I don't want to I, I definitely don't want to give up R J uh, Barrett in the deal. Um, I don't think they will, but you know there are a lot of things that could happen this off season that would shock me. Um, less uh yeah uh less than, than that. Or I guess no, more than that. Sorry. Um, can, can I give you a quick response on the Dame thing? Sure, please. Okay. Here's the reason I say it's slim to none is it's they don't have to yet. Um, they have yeah, but so you're they have you're, half a season. Let's yeah. say at, at the least they have your half rationale, a season. Your rationale, your rationale is that we're dealing with with a front office that is going to make the most measured, patient reasonable decision possible you're talking about ours or theirs ours okay well i'm talking about specifically from the blazer side they don't have to make a move oh, yet well that, they have half a season at least to try to prove to dame that sure. this is a team that under the right leadership under a different coach under a slightly better roster because they already said the roster was better than it performed um but they still yeah. make moves they have at least half a season to prove this is true and Dame's value isn't going anywhere. They yeah. don't have to move him right now. I don't see no, that, that's, what. No, that, that's 100%. And um, I, my, my, my assumption on that front, and, and this was, and, and nothing that um, was said by Lillard in, the, in his post-practice media availability the other day uh, yeah, exactly. changes this. I, I think th- that, the the opening shots have been fired. Um, mm. Everybody's been put on warning, and I think the Knicks, along with prob- I I don't know a dozen other teams, other teams. are are probably starting to um, think about the groundwork that needs to be laid for the time, uh, such that when when that opportunity becomes available, it you know it can be jumped upon. And the reason I just went through that is because. To your to answer your question, I I wonder because I my answer my very quick answer is I don't have a clear fourth option. I think the fourth option depends on um, what the contract is um, because like the easy answer for me to say is Kyle Lowry, right? Kyle oh, Lowry. sorry, sorry, I forgot to mention my in my assumption I should have also said assume also no Lowry. That Kyle Lowry wants to retire Raptor. Sorry. Okay, Sorry so so take that obvious one. Well, that's actually for the best because I, I was going to say, I, I think part of my answer would have to do with how much, like let's just say for argument's sake, Dame's people have already conveyed it. And it's funny, I don't know if anybody else, I retweeted it for a reason. Windhorse tweeted out that he misspoke on ESPN hmm. about that Lillard's camp had already been in touch with teams. Now, I don't know Brian Windhorst. He could be a terrible reporter for I, for all I know. Mm. My own personal opinion is that he said exactly what the fuck he meant to say on TV, and someone got to him and said, if you don't run that back, you're never getting another, getting another fucking thing from us uh, for, for as long as you report. And that's why he sent out that tweet. I fully believe that Dames Camp has been in touch with teams. 
and um, potentially that teams have been in touch with uh, the Blazers to to have opening conversations. Again, I'm not reporting that. I'm just that's my assumption. Um, I love so, that Wendy's become this guy that every single podcast you have to hear how long he's been doing this. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is this is you, very- you should start doing that, John. In every podcast, you know, I've been doing this. I've been this doing many this for, years for four years. Um, anyway, um, so I, I just I wonder if the Knicks already have a sense of what the package would be and if their decisions this summer on who they sign, I'm not saying that this should, that this is, this should guide their decision completely or even mostly, but I wonder if it is a factor in their decision-making process. Like what is going to help comprise the best package mm-hmm. um, to Portland? Um, so, and the only thing, other thing I want to say on Chris Paul is wouldn't it be, so Robert Sarver like for and so Chris Paul like by the way for Chris Paul to win this championship win Finals MVP go into Sarver's office on whatever it is uh, August second and be like okay where's my where's the most money you could give me and then Sarver being like well, well hold on a sec we have to negotiate this you're 36 years old and then Chris Paul being like oh I'm sorry you could fuck all the way off. And just be offended at the mere nego- uh, semblance of negotiation. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Okay. You know so- what I heard from somebody recently as a Chris Paul potential option that I hadn't even considered? Um, is, is that he goes out like Seinfeld. <laughs> he goes out <laughs> Yeah, he um, wins his championship. He has well, left in, stuff left in the tank, but he's like, I'm going to go out on top. I have I'm nothing not else sure. to prove. I'm 36 I'm years sh- old. Yeah, I have all much- the opportunities in media and everything I want. I don't know that the man who changed the CBA so he could get paid more money is going to walk away from $100 million. I'm not sure I, I don't think that. it's. I don't think it's the. It's my first theory. It, it's the thing I would put most money on in Vegas, but it's okay. – it's a crazy thought. No, I mean, listen, anything I have. Okay, so some options. I'm literally going to throw out all the names of the people that I think could, con- could conceivably be, conceivably be the and Knicks the starting, starting point, point guard, guard next year. Starting point um, guard. And I'm not, this is not in order. I'm going just looking down the list of teams. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Malcolm Brown. I knew that was coming first. Uh, well, no, again, because I'm looking at Brooklyn first. Um, Spencer Dinwiddie, um, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, you have to trade said, for him. Yeah, I know. You said no to Kyle Lowry. Uh, Colin Sexton. You have to um, trade for him. We're doing no to Chris Paul. Uh, Reggie Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're Reggie saying no for PG to campaign still going strong. I am going to try to talk it out of existence. I'm not going to say Dennis Schroeder because I don't even want to put that out into the universe. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, I'm not going to say his name either because I don't want to start a whole thing. You said no to Lonzo. Um... And Cameron Payne. So that is yeah. How many how many names did I just say? Probably like four or five. Five. Okay. Um, I see some like Shay Gelgis Alexander talk in the chat. Like Shay, I I'm sorry. I I just trading I for Shay. It's it, you might as well be trying to trade for for Dame or somebody. It's it's yeah. A, like I don't. I, it's I a don't, hard thing to do. Yeah, I don't know why why Oklahoma City would would do that, and and certainly not for for anything that we would want to give up at this point in time. Um, of those, I would be, now let's go into reverse order. 
provided they signed Cameron Payne for something in the neighborhood of $10 million a year, I'd be fine with it. Um, I already said I would do three for 45 for Reggie Jackson with a small, very small partial guarantee on the third year. I'd be totally happy with that. Um, I do not want any part of Colin Sexton, but Mm -hmm. if you're telling me that like, you know, I'm getting him for the 19th or let's say the the 21st pick and Jesus. I, I, I was going to say the 23 Dallas pick, but I don't even – I really don't want Colin Sexton. I just, I, just, I just don't think he's worth yeah. the, the, con- yeah. the, con- the contract that he's going to get. So I'm going to say no to him. Uh, Brogdon, as long as you're not giving up too much by – so Brogdon, I would give up 19 and the and the 23 Dallas pick. And then uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, if um, – I mean, if he's actually – He's serious, available. There's nothing yeah, oh, Brooklyn sure, can I, do. I, he's, he's made it quite clear that he's available uh, from his – for anybody who didn't hear, Spencer Dinwiddie um, said that he would probably, I believe his words, this is his words, I might probably <laughs> resign with the Nets if they gave him a full uh, five-year max, which how generous of him. Um, <laughs> uh, and that, and he essentially laughed off the notion of um, three for 60. Personally, I always thought. Oh, wow. Was, yeah, personally, I, I always thought his market was more like four for 80 or four for in the high 70s. Um I would, quite frankly, rather have campaign of Reggie Jackson than, than Spencer Dinwiddie at four fully guaranteed years. Yes! Yes! Um, and honestly, I think I'd rather have either of them than giving up multiple first-round draft picks from Malcolm Brogdon. I, I know that sounds crazy. Oh, John, you are making me happy this Saturday morning. Um, you know, just because, again... And, and, and I don't want to um, – I see someone – Joshua in the chat is bringing up the two guys on the Spurs. I just like – yeah, could there be a, a trade for Derek White or DeJounte Murray? I, I think the trade for White is more likely, especially if um, if Lonnie Walker's agent is going to look to get him paid this summer, which is possible because he's he can extend. Um, I'm not in love with Derek White's contract. I would trade for it, but again, it's a question of like, what are you trade? What are you giving up the right to pay Derek White seventy million dollars over the next four years? That to me is a is a is a difficult question, and I wouldn't even I, I begin to be able to wager a guess as to what San Antonio would want. Um, anyway, last thing I'm going to say, and I'm sorry for repeating myself for what I said on um, Knicks Fan TV the other night, but if if you are of the opinion, and I am of the opinion, that your starting point guard of the of the future is not going to be signed in free agency or traded for this offseason. Again, putting putting Dame aside. Um, why not just sign a serviceable stopgap for yes, something yes, like, yes. you know, a third to half the cost of, of, of one of these other options? So. I absolutely second what you just said. And the biggest reason why is the fact that unless you're absolutely sure the guy you want to trade for is the guy that's the guy, the guy for you, which maybe they believe Lonzo's that guy. But if you don't believe that, then, yeah, there are actually point guards available in free agency well, that can do the job. Well, we and we got to move on. Um, yes, this. thank you. And th- and th- no, thank you for, for the good question. Like, I, I can't sit here and tell you that, like, Lonzo Ball is going to be better for this team next year than Reggie Jackson. Like, why Why would I say that? Um, 100% true. I mean, maybe he will be. Maybe he continues to step up his yeah, game. Yeah, there's but, no way but, of knowing. Yeah, I, I don't know. But I, I do know that I'm probably going to have to give up 
um, something good to get Lonzo in a sign and trade for the right to pay, pay him over him $20 million a year. And, and I know that if I, and if I shell out 15 million bucks a year for Reggie Jackson, I'm, I'm probably going to be able to be able to get his services. So, all right. Yeah. Thanks, good guys. stuff. Anytime. Thank you, Cassim. As always, that was um, good. That was a good that was good. Yeah. That was good. Uh, next up, David. Welcome to the stage. David, hey, what's going on, man? Hey, uh, nice to be here. Um, I've been following you guys for a long time, and it's uh, I appreciate all you do. So Can I'm gonna I get right where, to you. Where that picture is in your in your avatar? That looks beautiful. Um, I think it was Huntington Beach, California. That yeah. looks really nice. Yeah, it's very nice. I'd like to be there right now. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. Um, yeah. Kasim kind of like took what I was going to say, but I'm going to like expand upon it. Cause I, sure. I, I was thinking about disappointing off seasons. And I, I think like if we look at the teams that were, that did really well in the playoffs, the Knicks could use the Suns, Atlanta, and maybe a little of Milwaukee as a blueprint. Cause these teams all have shooters. Um, like we don't have uh, like the shot creation creators that, uh, these teams do, but we yeah. can kind of like maybe find these guys in their draft. Like, well, mm-hmm. not for this. Like, you're not drafting a guy who's going to give you what um, Devin Booker or Chris Paul, obviously. Oh, um, absolutely. Are not. Them, but maybe, maybe um, in, you know, three, four, five years, Sharif Cooper or Trey Mann or, or whatever your flavor of the month is from this draft turns into that. So, yeah, that's, yeah. that's a great point. Uh, best case scenario, two years or something like that. Yeah, but, I, have, yeah I, 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 I think at the point guard position, you always probably assume a little bit of a longer runway. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm here for that. Yeah. So, so what my thing is, who do you think the Knicks should target as far as like? Because uh, I don't see any realistic free agency signings that will get us to that point. But who do you think the Knicks can trade for or? Draft that can get as closest to the either the Suns blueprint I, or the Atlanta blueprint. I and it's a good question, and I don't want to be a downer with my answer, but I'm just gonna be. Honest. I don't think that there's any. Again, putting aside any crazy game scenarios, I don't think that there's anything the Knicks could do this offseason that can turn them into basically um, the Hawks or the Suns um, next season. And I realize as I'm saying that, you could be like, well, wait a minute. The Hawks went from not being in the playoffs to being an Eastern Conference finalist, and the Suns went from not being in the playoffs to being um, what what appears to be an NBA champion. Um, Why not? Why can't that happen here? And the reason is pretty simple. I think Devin Booker, just I'll, I'll, I'll tackle each one separately. I think Devin Booker has always been a special shot creator. And I think this, this postseason and maybe this season has just wised folks up to the fact that like, holy shit, this guy was always a top 10, you know, backcourt creator in the league, or he has been for several years. Um, he just couldn't do it all on his own. And like injecting Chris Paul was like literally the perfect thing for that, um, for that, for that team. And then you throw in the fact that like Mikal Bridges is fucking awesome as a tertiary creator. And Deandre Ayton is really good at his role. And like the Jay Crowders of the world and the camera Johnson's like, we don't have that infrastructure yet. Maybe we will have it in two years, maybe two years from now 
we get to see a version of, of even like Obi or quickly, um, you know, and maybe Barrett can be his own weirdo version of Devin Booker in, in three or four years time. I just don't think any of those things are, are things we're talking about in a matter of months, if, if that makes sense. And then to, to, to the Atlanta part of the conversation again, um, there is no Bogdan Bogdanovich available on the free agent market this year. I do not believe we're going to end up with a player who's going to give them what Kevin Herter. And again, this is years in the making for Herter. Um, and then Trey Young is just like, you know, there's, there's not five guys in the league that could do what Trey Young does. Like that's not, so I, I don't see, I just don't see the move. I think what the, what the goal is, and this is what we were speaking about a moment ago is to, Get someone in here who can carry the bag for a couple of years, which is why, again, a Reggie Jackson, a Cameron Payne, those guys would be fine as, as a serviceable starter um, for a period of time while you develop what you hope will be your starting point guard of the future. Now, does it necessarily mean if you draft that guy, he's going to be that? No, but in, in, a, in a perfect world, he's at least good enough. And again, whether it's whether you trade up for Davion Mitchell or whether you take, you know, or whether it's, it's um, Springer or Cooper or, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of it, Trey Mann, or if you're, if you're a, a Bones Highland guy, whatever, any pick, pick your guy. At the very least, you want to make sure that that guy is good enough in a year to two years to be something close to, uh, if not a centerpiece, a significant um, piece in, in a, a trade that, that maybe you make. Um, the one other thing I'll say, because you brought it up, the, the shooting, um, I'm, I'm having I'm working on a piece for, for Monday for the newsletter in which I um, point out that, like, yeah, shootings always mattered in the NBA. But if you look at, like, for instance, the Bucks and the, the um, Suns were both top three in effective field goal percentage this year. And, like, basically, if you go back and you look at the last 10 years, but really the last, like, six years of NBA, of the NBA, like, offensive rankings, like, it's kind of impossible to be a top four team um, without – I mean, most of them are top five in effective field goal percentage. There's been a couple that have been top ten and then, like, very few outliers. The Knicks last year were 24th. 24th and make sure I have 23rd or 24th in effective field goal percentage. So, you know, and, and there will be some internal improvement that will, you know, Barrett will get better quickly will get better, but like getting a real point guard who can shoot doesn't have to be a great point guard, but getting a real point guard in here who could just shoot the ball and who will take some of the, um, because Julius Randle is not as bad as he is at the rim as he has shown the last two seasons. And it's obviously a factor of like, yeah, teams, you know, bear down on him. If they could just get some more creation in there a little bit, um, it'll, I think, alleviate some of that burden and, you know, kind of the, the rising tide will, will lift all ships. So that's my very, very long answer to your question. What, what are your thoughts? I'm curious though. Uh, no, you you pretty much answered it. I I just wanted to at least get like some pieces to get as close as possible because for the most part I think we are missing uh you know the point guard obviously we've been missing that for years a shot creator but a wing a wing and also a wing too yeah yeah, yeah. 
And uh, I, I feel maybe this draft, uh, maybe I'm overestimating these prospects. Like, I, I feel we can at least get, like, a serviceable point guard and a 3D wing in this draft. And if we don't do that, uh, me personally, I'll be very disappointed. And that's my uh, answer to uh, a disappointing offseason for the Knicks. No, I, I mean, I think – I here's the only thing I, I never like to say, like, they must – come out of this draft with um, one wing and one potential future point guard because, like, uh, I'm I'm trying to think of a name to throw out. Like, um, like if they they have someone that's, like, ninth or tenth on their board and it's, I don't know, let's say they really think a lot of uh, Garuba or I'm going to screw up the guy's name, like, Sinjin the center out of, uh, I don't know where the hell he's from, but like really, really good offensive center prospect who's like seems to be in, in the top 10 of most people's boards or whatever. Well, like, let's say, you know, that they could, um, again, I'm th- this is not going to happen, but let's say like Scotty Barnes starts falling and they could, you know, they could package like 19 and 21 to like trade up for Scotty Barnes, who they think could be a potential fa- foundational piece. Like you never know what the draft is going to present you with. That said, I do think that, it is reasonable to expect between like looking at all the guys. So like wings, like you have Murphy there, Murphy's climbing on people's boards. It seems, um, you know, Josh Christopher is obviously a high pedigree name that um, did not have a great season in Arizona state, but like, you know, good combine it seemed. Um, and, and is, is a guy, you know, worth looking at. Um, those would be two. I mean, I don't know. How do you feel about Cameron Thomas from LSU? Like he's, you know, He's a guy. He can do some stuff. I, I like him, but he doesn't play a lick of defense. And he doesn't pass. He, I don't know what he does less, play defense or pass. He does neither of those two things. Um, yeah. So I, I get what you're saying, though. Yeah. We can't really depend on the draft. But uh, for the most part, I like this free agency class, and I'm like, man, like this is like really slim pickings. Like, unless that's people my... really opt out, it's like yeah. – No, I, I, I think – and that's, that's probably why I, I can't quit um, DeMar DeRozan, even though I should – because it's bad for my health. Um, like, there are just no wings in this free agency class that I'm like, yes, I feel comfortable and confident get paying this person to be my starting small forward for the next X number of years. I just don't see that guy. Um, but maybe they do. I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see. That's, but that's, that's who, that's who, uh, that's 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 that, but that is a position that I hope they they do address some somehow. We'll see. All right. Thank you guys for your time, um, David. Yeah. Thank you for the call, my man. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Alrighty. Um, next Hi. up, Gabe. Welcome to the stage. What's going on? Hey, happy hey, Saturday. Happy Saturday. In- how are you guys? I'm doing all right. All right, that's good. This is a nice way for me to get a break from studying for the Florida Bar. So, oh! Congratulations. When uh, when are you taking it? Uh, it's in two weeks. I'm already uh, licensed in New York, but then during the pandemic, I moved to Miami. So, Oh, wow. Here I am taking the Florida Bar. But this is great. So, <laughs> That's one of – I don't want to put an extra pressure on you, but that is one of the harder ones, right? Yeah, it is. It's definitely harder than New York, as I'm yeah. learning. Oh, wow. It's harder than New York? Oh, I thought New York and California were the, were the hardest. I'm sure people are just loving this conversation, but I thought New York <laughs> and California were the hardest. I guess Florida's harder. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know about California, but I, I think Florida's harder than New York. Oh, wow. Okay, good good tip. Yeah. Anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit about the big picture of where the Knicks are moving forward into the future. So take okay. away this offseason. Um, and this was something that you touched on very briefly in the Pod Strickland uh, crossover when we were talking. You were talking about the draft. And you were talking about potentially trading one of the picks and getting future assets, and saying you know something yes. about the 2023 draft. Um, you know because there's the potential of the double draft and all that stuff. And it got me thinking: maybe 2023 is not about the double draft. 
maybe 2023 is about Leon Rose saying, I'm here in New York. I'm going to give it three good years in an attempt to get this superstar talent. Because, listen, we know he's making $8 million a year to run the New York Knicks organization. He gave up a very, very cushy job at CAA to do this. And he's a power agent. Power agents don't like to sit back and take things slow. They go big, they go home. It's, that's kind of just their approach. Um, you know, I, I'm starting to think that maybe he looks at this job, and maybe Thibodeau did too. Uh, we have from 2020 till 2023 to figure this out. And if we don't, we at least put the, the organization in a good position to continue the rebuild through Brock Aller and Walt Perrin and Johnny Bryant and kind of step aside. I'm curious to see what your thoughts are on that. So I think their timeline to get things done really is right now. Um, so, so on, so your theory is that the, the, their accumulation of picks from 2023 is more about they intend to like actually use those picks to draft like young players that would be the next iteration of the next type of deal. No, I think Leon Rose wants to capitalize all the assets he possibly can to get a superstar. But if that is not on the table and he can't do that, then he'll at least be able to present it to the fans and to Brock Aller and say, okay, okay. here you go. Here's all the picks. Um, go crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I have a t- – so to, to, to pick up on what you said, I agree with you, power agent – He's like, you know, you come in with a bang and you and you leave with a bang type of deal. Like, you know, but I also don't think to get in a position where Rose has gotten and quite frankly, Wes has gotten. I don't think like the concept of defeat ever enters your mind. Um, just. Like, I don't, I mean, so you say you passed the New York bar and you've like practiced in New York. Like, I don't know how many, like how many, I'm sure you've met partners at like big firms, right? Mm-hmm. Like these people are sociopaths. Um, they don't like, they live to win. They don't, they like, yeah, they, they assess risk. I get, I, and I think that's to what you're saying. Like any good lawyer assesses risk, but I just, I, I mean, maybe it's in the back of his mind, but to me, this is, it's all purely about keeping the asset chest as large as possible. That's the only thing that's ever entered into my mind when I, when I think about future picks, just because I, 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 he, like, we know that they are not going to have three rookies that are part of the rotation next year. Um, I would even be surprised, and I think most people would be surprised if they had even two rookies. That were part of the routine. Me, uh, two I could see, depending on who the two rookies are. But like, you know, like if they draft, you know, Zaire Williams and Sharif Cooper, and and I don't know who they would draft at, at thirty two. But like, it just, I don't know. I have a tough time seeing that. And and you know, if you're drafting a rookie, you know the 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 value depreciates. It's like you know, like a new car. Um, so like, what? Maybe I would even. To me, I would. Like, if they like a guy and they believe in a guy, like, if they look at Zaire Williams and they're like, this guy in five years or four years or three years, whatever it is, not next year or the year after that, in some period of time, 
this guy we think could be a special, special starting wing on a really good team. But they know they're going to have to, like, it's going to be behind the scenes for a few years. Like, I think that they would do that as as opposed to kicking the can down the road because I think everything is is like a balance for them because they'll they'll feel like all right well he he'll either turn into something for us or maybe in two years we'll trade him for for something that's better like I I don't know I, I just I I think generally speaking this is a this is a regime that wants to keep as many options open for as long as they can and maybe maybe that's in line with what you're saying but like. I don't know. I, I don't think he already sees himself going out the door, I guess is the point um, of what I'm trying to say. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes sense. And by the way, just saying, DeMar DeRozan is off the table. Let's 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 nip that <laughs> in the bud here. We as a fan base do not want Nobody DeMar DeRozan. Wants him. Nobody wants him. But <laughs> I, I, listen, I, I would never have it thought two years ago that I could talk myself into Reggie Jackson potentially being the starting point guard of the New York Knicks, but, but here we are. Um, yeah. I can do that now, yeah. But no, no Demar Derozan. That's for sure. <laughs> but but here's the thing: I think every fan base in the NBA has the exact same viewpoint on Demar Derozan, and I wonder how many GMs have the same viewpoint on Demar Derozan. <laughs> and I wonder if Demar Derozan is going to be sitting around looking on the first day of free agency, and he's going to be like, "Shit, nobody wants to pay me," and if he's going to be able to be had uh, for the cheap. But I. I I digress. Uh, no, um, we, somehow we, he'll end up in in the with the Lakers uh, joining LeBron on uh, you know the Serge Ibaka contract or something. Like yeah, that. but that's the thing. Like, if he ended up in LA for the Serge Ibaka contract, so two years. Well, uh, that's the other LA team, but like whatever. Two years, twenty million dollars. Like, there wouldn't be a small part of you that'd be like, man, I would have gone two for thirty for that guy. You, you have no interest. Yeah, no interest. I, I just think there are better uses for the cap space. That's that's it. That's right. That He's fit, that fit this roster. That that's really what it is to fit RJ to fit quickly. Randall Robinson. Yeah. I I just don't. I don't know. I just don't see him fitting in with that group. That's fair. I'm not. I listen. I can't. I can't vehemently push back on that. I, I wish I could. Uh, <laughs> poor poor Demar Derozan. Anyway, uh, good stuff though, Gabe. I appreciate it. All right, I appreciate you guys. Thank yeah. you, Gabe. Yeah, the the DeRozan to LA situation makes sense more than the Knicks because he'd be next to LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So that's I, I just you know if the Knicks can pull that off and get AD and LeBron, then yes, I'm all aboard your DeMar DeRozan train. I just I, I just have a really tough time seeing a guy who just averaged uh, twenty one and, and seven, seven like and he's thirty one years old. There's my dry growing off. And he's 31 years old settling for $10 million a year in a market in which, you know, DeAndre Ayton is going to get $30 million. Yeah. I mean, I, I know that's not apples to, to apples. but I mean, Unless he wants to go ring chasing, you know, which, you know, who knows? I mean, I've never had a conversation with DeMar DeRozan, so I have no idea what he wants to do. We, yeah, no. We, listen, we, we could I, – I promise you I will stop talking about DeMar DeRozan, but just like <laughs> – I'm looking at I'm looking at the list of wings that are available in free agency, mm-hmm. and it's like so Norm Powell I fully believe is going to command twenty million dollars a year that I'm really not sure I want to pay. Gary Trent Jr. is restricted. Duncan Robinson is restricted. Taylor Horton Tucker, if that's your flavor, is restricted. Like all of these guys are restricted free agents. You're going to have to overpay or give up something in a sign and trade to get them. Will Barton. I like Will Barton. He's fine, but he's, you know, a little older. He's not perfect. Um, 
and that gets us to names like Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, you know, Doug McDermott's kind of more of a four. And even like younger, intriguing guys like Josh Hart and Hamadou Diallo. If, like, again, I like those guys. I, I'm intrigued by those guys. Do I want to, I mean, is Josh Hart the guy that I want to pay $15 million a year to be my starting small forward for the next three seasons? Like, I don't, you know, I don't know. Mm. We'll see. So, yeah. All right. So we got three more and let's get out of here. Uh, Mensa, welcome to the stage. Hey, guys. Good morning. What's up, Mensa? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. I'm, uh, I'm actually, this is my last weekend as, um, as a bachelor. I'm getting married to the um, other person in my, um, avatar next Saturday. Hey, so I won't hey. be in the green room. But whoa, 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 whoa. What do you good. mean you won't be here next Saturday? <laughs> next Saturday, I, you see, like that's the thing. I get married next Saturday, so I don't think I'll have time at 11 a.m. to be in the green room. I wish I could. I haven't, but... I haven't heard an excuse yet. What are you talking about? <laughs> can I? Can I, want, I, just... I want like you to interrupt your vows with a take on who the Knicks should draft. Okay. Well, I, I, I would I love have, to. I have two, <laughs> two very quick questions. I promise we won't spend a lot of time on this. But well, number one, are you planning on seeing your wife day of the wedding before you get married? No. Okay. So then the second thing I will say is the day of the wedding, you will actually have surprise. I'm not saying to come here. You could go fucking do something else with your time, but you will have surprisingly more time to kill during the day or like time where you're just standing around, like not having it. it the day itself is weird because there's a lot of hours in the first half of the day where you're just like, there's nothing you really got to do. And then once you get to a certain point, it, it gets crazy. So. Yeah, I'm I'm anticipating um a more relaxing early afternoon and morning, but I still have to like make sure all my guys and everything is together. For sure. So yes. but even so I'm not expecting to be too busy, but I am expecting not to be able to be discussing the merits of Lonzo Ball <laughs> in New York Knicks. That is that is more than fair. Okay, so what do you what's on your mind today? So I mean it's always been in my mind that we don't necessarily need to add a point guard as much as we need to subtract Alfred Payton from the Knicks. That's I good. do think I do think that if February nineteenth, twenty twenty two rolls around and our starting lineup is Emmanuel quickly at the one, Lonzo Ball at the two, RJ Barrett at the three, Julius Randle at the four, and Mitchell Robinson at the five, that we have a good team and we have guys that can get buckets, that we have guys that can play a fast tempo game and we're not necessarily weak at any one thing because if you need, you know, to create opportunities going towards the rim, you have Julius Randle for that. You have R.J. Barrett for that. And Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett have shown over the course of their careers that they can get involved in the passing sure. game. And you don't, and what I'm thinking is it may – so my, my mentality has always been if you got – if you looked at Reggie Bullock and you said, Reggie Bullock, I need you to be Lonzo Ball, and then you just – turned Lonzo Ball into Reggie Bullock, you would have the same – the defense would, would be about the same level, if not better, because there's a lot of potential that Lonzo Ball has defensively that I think Tom Thibodeau can unlock. Sure. And, and then you have the three-point shooting, which he looked – there was just a video that just surfaced, and you could see that he's actually working on the form, and it's no longer that hitchy form. It's actually a lot smoother. And then he, and then he shot 38% from, the, um, from three this year, and sure. he was good in both corners. And, and then on top of that, what – is most important to me is I don't want us to neuter our young core. I don't want us to take the ball out of RJ Barrett's hand. I don't want us to oh, look at Emmanuel quickly and say, you can't be a point guard, even though he's only 22 years old. Like I do think sure. that he deserves the opportunity to prove that he can't do it before we say we need to get, we need to go pay well, Kyle Lowry 25 million, you know? Yeah. 
I no, I, I, I'm here. I totally get that. I, I think, I think the approach of pretty much any team in the NBA that isn't like doing, you know, like what next year's Magic are going to do, or like you know what the Thunder did this year, or like you know a select few teams like that. I, call it tanking if you want. Um, but I think the approach of every team in the in the NBA is like we want to, and this was the problem with last year's team, right? is they constructed last year's team such that, like, Kevin uh, – and again, it's unfair to use this example because maybe the kid probably just maybe doesn't have it to be an NBA player. But, like, Kevin Knox was never going to get a chance on that team, you know? And, like, I, I, I'm not comparing Emmanuel quickly to Kevin Knox. I just want to be very clear about that. But I think the, the proper way to go about it is to build your team such that if the young player shows – a little bit more, you can you can give him an opportunity, but you're also I don't think the Knicks are about to go into this year being like we're going to pencil in Emmanuel quickly for thirty minutes a night and a, and a starting role. I just and I don't think most NBA teams w- would do that with a player that they're not like. Because that gets back to like the the whole like accountability thing and like you know your 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 locker room feeling like um, you're you're as an organization you're doing everything you can to win games and I think the reason why we all had such a great time watching this last season is because the guys bought in and I think part of the reason they bought in is because they felt like from top to bottom front office to coach to, all the way through every decision was being made with hey let's go out and try to win these games whereas we didn't we haven't always seen that. And there's been like kind of a mixed, mixed messages. So I think, I think you can have your cake and eat it, eat it too here. But I also think it's going to be on Emmanuel quickly to be like, Hey, I'm ready to play 30 minutes a night and, and, and prove that. So, yeah, I do. I agree with that. And that's why the date that I had used was February 19th, because I do think that if we had to start anybody, if we didn't, if, if there were just no, sensible options at point guards. And I don't think that there are as far as the money that you're going to have to pay guys. Um, I do believe that if you have Derek Rose in the building, right. And yeah. if you look at Luca Vildoza, looking at what Fasundo Campazzo did, Campazzo was not a better prospect than Luca Vildoza and Campazzo had a pretty good season for the Denver Nuggets. So you're looking at guys who can, who can platoon the point guard position until Emmanuel sure. quickly is ready. And if he's not ready, then you have in-season trades to be made. So I do think that on starting, you know, Emmanuel quickly, I think it's safe to say that he can play 25 minutes a game in the NBA. So if sure. you're giving yeah. Derrick Rose, if Derrick Rose is penciled in at 28 minutes a night and then you're giving I, Emmanuel quickly minutes at the one and the two, and then over the season, Emmanuel quickly starts to show you that he's more and more ready to take that point guard role on. And then you have a guy like Lonzo Ball who is playing the, the 2013 Jason Kidd shooting guard role, which I've been obsessed with since I've seen that team play <laughs> basketball because you sure. just because that connector is so important and that guy who can push the ball ahead and transition. Hold on. Does Lonzo want that role though? And I think that's the biggest. That is the most me, important. That's, that's the biggest Lonzo question. Um, and, it's the DeRozan question all over again. Does, does he want that role? You know, yes. is he okay yes. being the fourth best player on a team? Is he okay having the ball out of his hands? And even and even if he isn't, well, not that even if he isn't, but if you're if if I'm Lonzo Ball and I'm seeing that the, the Knicks have a 33 year old Derrick Rose, Derrick Rose can't play point guard forever. You know, he may not even be able to play point guard after last year, so. 
he might he might look at it as an opportunity like hey maybe i can make this work with derrick rose i mean you may end up in, in a bit of a jam long term because he's seeing that okay he wanted to play point guard he can't well, do it but i don't think that opportunity exists for him in the nba anyway even if he goes to chicago to play point guard and, I, and with air quotes jack levine's gonna have the ball all the time so he's yeah, still no, gonna I, be that off ball guy i think listen the, the sooner uh, look i, I don't want to disparage Lonzo. I mean, he's only, what is he, 23, 24? I mean, maybe his game continues to grow, but he's been in the league for four years. We watched him at college. We kind of know what he is. I I think the sooner that he realizes what he is, the better. More more and more, I think for the reasons you're you're stating, um, you know, I I just, I want to be, because here's the other part of this, right? It's like, I get, I get what you're saying to, 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 to continue to let Randall, let RJ be the drivers of offense. I'm, I want that too. I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I'm in complete agreement with you that give quickly a chance to continue to develop himself as a playmaker, which he spoke about, I think, in his interview the other day. Um, I'm completely with you with like, look, the great thing about having Vildosi here is like, it's a, it's a, it's like a, you get a free look at the guy from now until whatever the day before next season starts. And, you know, if it's if it's uh, intriguing enough, and they may already know the answer to this question because I've already worked out with them. If it's intriguing enough, then maybe you turn around and be like, you know what? Between him, quickly, and Rose, we don't need to sign a point guard. We can start, you know, um, Vildoza. And maybe yes, Lonzo could be part of that discussion. But 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 the last thing I'm going to say is, if Lonzo is essentially only being a slightly better ball moving version of Reggie Bullock, which is kind of what he is. What do I have to give up slash pay that guy to be here? And that's the part that I keep struggling with, because if you're going to tell me I have to give up a first round pick for the right to pay that guy close to $90 million for four years, which is what I think his camp is going to want. If not more, that's a big, that's a big ask. That's all. That's my. That's my. That's always been my hesitation with Lonzo. I like him as a player. I like him in theory on this team as a fit. It's just the cost. So I I do agree that cost is everything with Lonzo Ball. Um, and personally, I do think that a Reggie Bullock that is more consistent and that won't get travel calls on a fast break is worth twenty million dollars. Um, I just think that I just think that having a guy that you can rely on to to lock somebody down on defense, to shoot threes, and to to get you four to five assists a game without trying to push the ball ahead. Because when you're looking at people, when you're looking at Emmanuel quickly and R.J. Barrett, those are two guys that want to run, that want to get out of transition, and we have it. We didn't necessarily have that last year as far as our pace goes, yeah. and as far sure. as you know, having a point guard with his head down and not really trying to push no. the ball up, or with Julius Randle trying to take the ball up. I do think that it's very valuable to have. If you're getting R.J. Barrett an extra trip to the line a game, or you're getting R.J. Barrett an extra dunk or an extra layup a game in transition, I think that helps out a lot. So I so the I do agree that it's, it may cost a lot of money. The number that I'm looking at, I wouldn't go over the Brogdon contract, which may be a little rich for a couple for people. But at the end of the day, Lonzo Ball is 23 going to turn in 24. No, I do think listen, his best basketball is ahead of him. I'm fine. I'm fine with the Brogdon contract. I just don't want to. I don't want to give up. I know it may look. Maybe I'm overvaluing and, and putting too much stock, and I'm, nit, I'm you know, um, nitpicking over. Are we giving up the, the you know, the, the the 19th pick or the 21st pick to do this in a sign and trade? I just like, you know, good teams take these picks and they turn them into something real. 
um, you know, and they draft a play. Like, there are good players that are going to be available for them to draft at, at 19 and 21 and, and probably 32, too. You know, so it's like, you know. I agree. Yeah. But I do, I do want to say that bad GMs mismanage things a whole lot because I'm pretty sure that whoever's running uh, the Sacramento Kings, I think it's uh, a guy, Morris, I forget what his name is. I'm pretty yeah. sure he's kicking himself because he let Bogdan Bogdanovich walk out of the door for nothing. And was, that guy that helped. Ridiculous. And I mean, as much, if, if as you much think David Griffin you get for, for Halliburton, he deserves all the criticism for that. Yeah. Right. If you think David Griffin is a good GM, God bless you. But right. I don't know. I don't know if he's going to manage that situation properly. I don't know if he's going to demand assets back. And if he does demand assets back, I don't think it's going to be anything major because he, he already has the Benson family is already cheap. They're probably not going to want to pay. Yep. Um, Zion Williamson has his max contract coming up. You have the Stephen Adams contract. You have um, Ingram on a max, and now you're telling me that I have to pay another twenty five million dollars for a team that hasn't been to the playoffs, and I have the most expensive starting five in basketball. I don't want to do that. Well, so I can't. I can't see them. I can see a situation where Alonzo Ball comes at the right price because of the situation that he's in, listen, because of who his parents are, and because of where he wants to be. I'm pretty sure he wants to be in a big market, and being in New York right now where you have guys locked in is probably a little more appeasing than going to Chicago where you don't know if Zach Levine is going to be there next year. For sure. I, I mean, look, it's 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 a good – I'm, I'm here for the pitch, um, and I, I appreciate you chiming in, Mensa. Uh, good, good thoughts from you as always, and congratulations again. Uh, Thank you. Uh, next weekend. Yeah, I think, look, New Orleans is, is, is a team that um, I certainly have circled, I'm curious about, and everybody should have circled. And, look, if they feel like they need to keep Lonzo, uh, the, the, this is the flip side of the coin that you were just bringing up, if they feel like they need to keep Lonzo, um, but they don't feel comfortable paying um, the, the total tab at the, end of the, at the end of the meal, how much more pressure does that put on them to find another home for – um, every, a player that somehow people hate even more than DeMar DeRozan, which is Eric Lozo. Um and um, what, what opportunities could could be found there. So we'll um, we'll see, Mr. Claudio. Mensa, congratulations, and we'll talk to you next Saturday. Thank you guys. Have a good one. <laughs> <laughs> You're terrible. I, I have not heard an excuse yet. Um, I'm just glad with the Lonzo talk because I like I'm with you on the the opportunity cost of it i'm just glad the conversation is bullock is who he'd be replacing he's not the point guard of the future you would need to pair a point guard with lonzo ball or a or a creator somewhere else on right the, if it's if it's randall if it's a point for regardless he's not the guy that will run your offense he's a guy that yeah. will connect parts of your offense which i think yeah. is the important distinction all right yeah. let's wrap up today with a staple mr jason welcome to the stage <laughs> sir jason always brings the heat what's going on man how's it going guys it's going good but, um, I, I love what you guys have said about Lonzo basically being like a Reggie Bullock who can pass. You don't know how many arguments I've gotten into with people on this app. Not Knicks fans, just fans in general who think Lonzo Ball is this amazing playmaker. It's ridiculous. Because he, he has the name and he, he, for some reason, carried a reputation out of, out of UCLA, probably, probably because he went to UCLA, as, yeah. um, you know, a, a guy who could do all this, all this crazy stuff in the half court. And that's just that's not what he is. Yeah. Um. What I, I what I've been talking about, um, is that I'm I'm done. Like, kind of trying to figure out what the Knicks should do, and it's trying to. And now I'm trying to figure out what they might actually do. And by saying that, um, 
you know, there's three players I think the Knicks, there's a decent chance at least one or two of them are going to be on the Knicks this year. Okay, who, who is it? Reggie Jackson, Will Barton, and Josh Hart. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts on – so Reggie Jackson who, – sorry, who is the second one? Hart have the same agent as um, Julius Randle and um, Alfred Payton. Yes, I know – well, I know Jackson does. I know Hart does. Who was the other player you said? I, I missed it. Will Barton. Oh, Will Barton. Oh, okay, yeah. No, I think I, – I think Barton wants to start and I think Barton wants to get paid. So that's a good combination of, of people looking at, for potential small forwards. He is, honestly, if you if you ask me to put a wager on one guy who's not currently on the Knicks that would be a starting small forward for the Knicks next year, I would probably say Barton. Yeah. The only thing that worries me about Barton is that the the, the, team, the player option that he's turning down, I think it's for $13 million already. Uh, I'll tell you what it is right now. That's, like, going to – you know, he's not going to turn that down to like to then sign for like seven. <laughs> well, oh no, I mean he's yeah. So thirteen, uh, no, thirteen point two five is the average. So yeah, his player option is for fourteen million, fourteen point six million. Excuse me. So I mean, well, hold on, because I mean, so he's not going to sign for less in annual money, um, yeah. and he's certainly not going to sign for less than that number for next year. But I don't think turning that down means he's necessarily seeking like twenty five million dollars a year. I think if I had to if I had to guess, um, he's going to be thirty one next year. I bet you could get him for three four. Hmm, I want to say forty five, but my 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 gut is to say fifty. Um, I think I think forty five. You can get him for only because I don't know what the market's going to be for him. Well, he's a wing that could he, – look, he's, <laughs> we're talking about Alonzo Ball. Yeah, what it, Will, Barton, Will Barton is a guy who – look, he's not He's not the, maybe the half-court passer. As much as maybe where we downplay Lonzo's half-court passing in comparison to what some people think he is, we should also acknowledge that he's, he's certainly a, a good half-court player. He's just not – what what the perception if he is will barton is not that level in the in the half court he is a more of a creator um but he's also not terribly efficient and i don't know you know what what is his shot is like you know i don't quite frankly i don't trust his shot as much as i trust reggie bullocks how much how much is that like how much is the additional creation he gives you in the half court worth um, he's also really not a guy who's known for his defense. I can't say that I've watched a ton of Will Barton uh, defensive possessions over the last several years, but like, um, I don't know, man. Three for forty-five is is yeah, it's tough. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's, not, it's not nothing. You got to admit, it's not it's not nothing. Yeah, it's not it's not nothing. And um, I think Reggie Jackson is going to look for that too, probably. Oh, I, th- I think that's his number. I think three for forty-five, and I think the only question is, can you get a small? Uh, 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 some not not fully guaranteed on the on the third year, yeah. um, but I you know I like both of those guys and then um, the other oh Josh so Hart just um, you know he's restricted so like I just I'm always scared when it comes to restricted guys. I think the Pelicans are I think the Pelicans are going to give Lonzo a pretty big contract and then they'll probably let Hart walk. That's what I think. I don't think I think they have to pick one or the other. They can't. I don't think it's possible for them to bring both back. Um. Let me ask you this: If you if you could get Barton or Hart for the same contract, 
Who would you prefer? Um, I to be honest, I haven't looked into Barton enough to really answer that. Like, I I don't I don't watch. I haven't watched the Nuggets like and said, "Hey, let me focus on Barton." And no, I know I mean, he has. So just, I don't. He I don't, is. His his three point percentage the last three years uh, was thirty eight percent last year, thirty seven percent the year before that, thirty four percent the year before that. The previous two thirty seven thirty seven. So he's pretty much he's a thirty seven percent percent three point shooter. Um, those shots are not all spot ups. He can give you a little bit of like, you know, he's I mean he's not taking like a ton of step backs or anything like that, but he's also not strictly a spot up guy. My my concern with Barton is his overall efficiency is like not great. He's basically like. 50% effective field goal percentage and just as a matter of comparison to Reggie Bullock um, Reggie Bullock was last year um, I'll look it up right now but he was like like Reggie Bullock has gotten a lot of shade um, over the last several months because of how that series went down and I totally get it but like Reggie Bullock haters. I think Reggie Bullock is vastly underappreciated by the Knicks fans. Yeah. So Reggie Bullock effective field goal percentage last season was 58.7%. That's 8% higher than Will Barton. So it's like, I, I get that Barton's going to give you a little bit more creation, but if you like to just, I'm not ready to kick Reggie by the by the curb quite yet. But um, it's a, um, I like the three names. I'm, I'm down with the three names. I'm here for it. I'm not saying I'm fans of them. I'm saying I think that's what they're going to do. I think Will Barton's more like Alec Burks than Reggie Bullock. I would agree with that. I think that is actually a, a very good comp. Hart is the guy, and, and I'll end with this, and then we'll get out of here. Hart's really interesting to me. Um, you know, he's entering – he's about to sign his second contract, but at the same time, he's already 26 years old. So he's essentially – he is the same age as Julius Randle. And, you know, he shot 32% from deep last year. What do you – what do you do with that? I don't <laughs> – you know, what, what do you do with that? I don't really know. Um, is his career that low or is his career average? Uh, so he's came out, he, he came out like a, a man on fire. He was almost 40% as a rookie. And then second year, 33. Four, third year, 34. Last year, 32.6. On, you know, and it's like, yeah, you tough. know, last year he got to play off of Ingram and Zion. Um, I, what does that say? Like, I, I don't know. Was, did he just, did you chalk it up to him having a down year? I don't, I don't know. I think he might be available at a bargain. That's why. That's the only reason why I like him. Just because that that screams like he's not going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting. Like we've seen guys like that sign for like three for thirty in the in the past in the NBA, or you know, maybe now it's a little bit more. Maybe now it's like three for I don't know, three for thirty six or something, where it could turn into a real good value contract or like. You're sitting there after two months, and be like, "Oh my fucking god, we got to pay this guy until twenty what twenty twenty four? You know, it's it, it could go either way. So I don't, I don't know. But um, good thoughts to end with, Jason. As always, appreciate the uh, the thoughtful contribution to the show, Mister Claudio, Mister Macri. Um, I just want to <laughs> wrap up with one quick thing. Uh, sure. Mr. Schwinney Poo says hello, first of all. Oh, hi. And, hi, Schwinney. And let me just say, also, I see Chris has been in the chat. Chris, I know you've sent me some texts over the past few days. Oh, I have, same. <laughs> I, I, have, I have had a particularly busy week, which I will tell you about uh, privately. But I will I will get to them, I promise. Also, same. We're not ignoring you, Chris. We're just We're very busy you. adults, we promise. Um, Schwinney Poo says hi, and he says, tell John I'm getting a 98-pound mole removed today, please. He'll understand. 
Um, Any idea what that means? Yeah, I get the I get the jo- I get the reference. What's uh, the reference? It's a, it's a Sopranos reference. Oh, see, this is where my one big blind spot. I gotta watch it this summer. It's a, all right. It's official. I'm watching the Sopranos starting this week, guys. That's Dude, the big like, I, film school announcement that's coming. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what you're waiting for. You gotta get on that, man. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm. I will just. You can. I know. You can I know. The show this weekend if you'd like. You're sitting around doing nothing. Right <laughs> uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in for a uh, another edition of our Saturday morning Green Room live stream. If you dig the show and you're listening to it via podcast, head on over to iTunes and drop a five-star rating and a review. Anybody in the chat that hasn't done that yet and has access to iTunes, I think we're 20 reviews away, 20 or so reviews away from 400 reviews. So do us a favor and try and get us to that. And as I just teased... A uh, pretty significant announcement coming from Nick's Film School on Monday's pod, so stay tuned for that. Uh, John, sign us out. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm just. I'll broken record, but like I'm always. This, these are. I look forward to these so much because, like, as opposed to the Twitter discourse that we reference at the top of the show, um, this is the opposite of that, and it's always like just good, smart, thoughtful takes that uh, always leave me like, I don't really know what to say because there's arguments from both sides. It's, you know, it's, it's good stuff. I appreciate it as always. There you go. Take care, everybody. Enjoy your weekend. Adios. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.